Hi, everybody. You're listening to Not Too Taboo. It is uh, your host, Slade Daniel Smiley. Oh, we're doing middle names today. I thought I'd throw that out there because you are Gretchen Christine Rossi. That's right. Uh, my boss, my, my love partner of life. <laughs> I try to come up with a new title for you every time we start the show. I know, but you epically fail. Every time? Like you always just say I'm your boss, which I totally am okay with because it constantly reminds you who is the boss. <laughs> <laughs> and every man out there listening to the show knows exactly what I'm talking about. If happy they were the, wife, happy life, happy right? Happy wife, happy life. And if you were in the doghouse as much as me, <laughs> you would be kissing up on a weekly basis. So true. Just like I do. So you guys, thanks so much for tuning in this week. Um, You know, this is an interesting podcast for us. This is going to be a different one. And I'm actually really excited um, to be doing this. I'm excited and nervous. Yeah, I am. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous. and And I'll tell you why. This is just a huge subject, obviously, right now with everything that's going on on in our country. Um, you know, obviously everybody knows of the recent death of George Floyd. Which is um, so tragic. So is just not necessary. Beyond tragic. You know, he was the unarmed black man who died while a police officer kneeled on his neck for nearly nine minutes. Um, and it sparked outrage across the country, igniting conversations about race, justice, policing, politics, Everything and truly, people are confused um, about how to be helpful. People are, are trying to figure out how they can make an impact, um, how to be a supporter during these um, turbulent times. Um, there's so many discussions right now happening with racial inequality. Um, there are difficult conversations that people are having, um, but these conversations are critical and. Thankfully, they are happening nonetheless. Yep. Um, and I'm just so happy that Slade and I are taking um, the time to really share with all of you um, our special guest today, because I think that, you know, when this all happened, I think that a lot of us were were like, we don't know what to say, what to do, if we can say something, if we can't. I think we're it's such a sensitive topic, mm-hmm. and um, we're the first ones to admit that w- we're ignorant to all the intricacies that are involved in this conversation. A thousand percent. And I feel so blessed actually to have our guest today. Yeah. And I think what I love about um, this podcast today is that we want to show everyone out there that there's a way to embrace this conversation from a place of love, um, from a place of respect, and from a place of just having an open heart to have this discussion. And I think that if we allow the space to be there where we can actually ask the question openly and honestly, and it not come from a place of hatred, but truly from a place of trying to understand um, that we're going to be able to overcome this issue and we're going to be able to unite together as a country to get past this. And I that's what I just want to preface this with. You know, Slade and I are, are naive on some things. And there are questions that either we have or that we've seen on social media that does make you go, huh, that's interesting. Like, what what do they have to say to that or vice versa? So I just want to preface that we're, we are not perfect. We might say the wrong thing, but we, our guest here today is to help us um, shed some light, shed some on light, the topic. and get through these these tough questions, and hopefully get to a place where all of you, our audience, is learning and growing, and so that we can all get to a, back to a place of unity. Hopefully, absolutely. And remember that the whole, a whole point behind our podcast was become a platform where people could be heard. Mm-hmm. But what's most important is that everyone out there continues to listen, yeah. continues to listen and engage and be educated about what's happening because because it's. it's 
it is really, it's, it's so in depth. Oh my gosh. It's Just so even trying depth. to research these topics and, and look through the history of our country and what has led to these things and the inadequacies, inadequacies that exist. It's almost overwhelming. Yeah. And I think people get to the point where they don't know what to do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they come from a place of opinion, mm -hmm. not trying to be educated in some way. And that's where right. this conflict happens is because the right conversations are not happening. So right. I'm so happy that she's here. I know. So we're excited to introduce our, our guest today. Um, she's a Grammy award-winning and contemporary Christian music artist um, with more than 1.6 million records sold, you guys. It's amazing. Um, and I love her voice. Can I just say? I know. Her this voice morning I was listening to her music. I got chills. I know. Like it's I, amazing. It was so incredible. And I played it for Skylar. Oh, you did? Yeah. Played it for Skylar. It? This oh is, this is, you know, for a 10 month old child, she froze. Oh, I love oh, this. She's so captivated. Well, she loves music to begin with, but she loves like Christian music on top of it. She really but like uh, loves that. It was this voice. It was, it was this angelic voice. I know. It's this true. is what happened. Um, she's an American Idol season five finalist. She has more than 10 million views, you guys, on her song. We all bleed the same on YouTube, which is incredible. Um, she's a voice of encouragement and recently debuted her new single, you keep hope alive. Please welcome the amazing Mandisa. Woohoo! Oh, we, Mandisa, <laughs> we are you. so excited to have you. And by the way, we have a huge studio audience. Uh, <laughs> I feel the love. Thank yeah. you. How are you? Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you for having this conversation. I, I want you to know, um, you say you're nervous. I want you to know I am too. <laughs> yeah, but you this shouldn't be nervous. You're a superstar. <laughs> oh, that so has nothing to do with anything. And it's so, so true. <laughs> right? It's so it's true. Just, it's what you said. It's it's an um it can be an awkward conversation. So I guess I want you to know what you're feeling, I'm feeling as well. Oh good. I love I love that um we're just being raw and honest, you know, right out the get-go. And I think that's what's in, important is that, you know, as we all talk about this, and we really do want to encourage all of you out there to really have open dialogue on these conversations. Sit around your dining room table, sit around with your friends and your family and start talking about these things. Start talking with people in other cultures. Start really trying to understand these things so that, again, you, first of all, just by doing that, that's showing love, that's showing respect, you know, that you want to learn, that you want to understand it more. Um, but I really just encourage all, you all to do that. So that's part of, you know, what we're doing here today. My, let me just tell you, explain my first initial reaction. When I first mm -hmm. saw that video and when I saw what happened, like, it, thankfully, I was raised in a home that wasn't racist. I, it was always about love everyone. I was raised in a Christian home. It was always about everyone's equal, all of that. So at the time, I don't think I even really recognized that it was white versus black. On, if I'm being really honest— I was mm -hmm. truly just so upset. Horrified by the fact. Horrified about this man being murdered right in front right. of us, like right. for no apparent yeah. reason. Race wouldn't matter. At, at, that, point. at that moment, it didn't, no. I wasn't calcul I wasn't seeing it from that point of view. So yeah. when I posted, I posted pretty much immediately. I was just like, these are murderers and they need to be held accountable. And I had a bunch of friends in the community that came out to me that were just like, oh my God, thank you so much for speaking up and being so vocal about it. And I was like, of course. Of course. <laughs> like, I didn't even think anything of it. And then when this became such a big- Bigger conversation. Bigger conversation, it became all about Black Lives Matter and all this stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much 
bigger than I even realized, you know? So, um, and then it was interesting because I had made a post and my post had said, because black lives, and then I put a comma, I said, just like all lives matter. And Mm -hmm. it was interesting because this was at the very beginning again. This was like my second post. Mm -hmm. And I had a woman reach out to me. It was a woman of color on um, email. And she wrote me an email and she was so lovely and so nice. And she just said, listen, Gretchen, I don't think you understand how, how this can come across to people. And she gave me this full-blown explanation. I said, thank you so much for coming from a place of love. Explain this to me. And I went back and I changed it to Black Lives Matter. And I took out All Lives Mm -hmm. Matter because it helped me understand it more. But I want to start this conversation, Mendizo, with you on that, because I think this is a huge divide right now for a lot of people in this country is I don't think they truly understand the difference between Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. And I think that we're getting off of the point of this isn't about the fact that we don't believe that all lives matter. And I think that's where yeah. people are getting the disconnect. Are, the disconnect and people are fighting over something that's like, wait, we shouldn't be fighting on this subject. So can you just yeah. dive into that from the get-go and help our listeners out there understand why the Black Lives Matter is such a big issue right now? Yeah. So um, imagine that there are two houses sitting next to each other. Mm -hmm. One of the houses is on fire Mm -hmm. and the other house is not. Mm -hmm. When the fire company comes, they're not going to douse water on the house that is not on fire because that house is fine. They're going to put water on the house that is on fire because that is the house that needs to be paid attention to because it is going down in flames. When we say that Black Lives Matter what we are saying is, yes, Black Lives Matter too, because this house is on fire and we are going down. So it's not a matter of, both houses are important. It's just that the house that is on fire is the one that we need to pay attention to in this moment. So when we say Black Lives Matter, it's because we want to be included in the fact that our lives matter as well. If it helps you to put the two on the end of it in your mind, that's great. Just understand the reason why we are saying that is because since the foundation of our country, we have been uh, brutalized. Like our our country was founded on slavery. Mm-hmm. And so that is why it is so important. We have to uproot these thoughts, the way that people look at Black lives. And when we say that our lives matter, it, it's, it's not saying that yours don't matter as well. It's just to say, we're on fire right now and we need to put some attention on the fact that we're going down in flames. Another thing that I want to mention is that was a great analogy um, with the houses. And I did hear that one, but I read another thing on social that I thought this was interesting. It said, imagine your child dying and you were giving a eulogy explaining what your own child meant to you and how special your child was. And then someone grabs the mic and says, actually, all children are special. Mm. The, that's what all lives matter sounds like. And and at least that's what yeah. you know one person mm. ex- ex- explained. And it's like, it's interesting because when you put it in that perspective, mm. it really does help you take a step back and go, oh gosh, it, like yeah. I would... Can you imagine that if like I was burying my child and somebody, yeah. and you were right. talking about how amazing they were and then all of a sudden somebody was like, look, buddy, like my child's important too. So why are you just talking about your kids? That's so good. so it's stuff like that that yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping will make us take pause and will allow us to go, okay, look. Now, 
I'm not saying that that we all are going to agree on the subject. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that everybody has to believe that. All I'm saying is that have an open heart and maybe for a second take a pause and listen to sentiments like that. And hopefully that will change your heart because I will tell you, I'm going to be really honest in this podcast, okay? When I first got the email from Ebony, I was like, yeah, but my heart is that, of course, all lives matter. Mm -hmm. Because as I explained at the very beginning of this, I was like, I didn't see black versus white. I saw a man being murdered. And mm-hmm. so I was like, but wait, so I felt like I was being attacked personally. My heart, like my true mm-hmm. heart was being attacked by her saying like, you know, the way you're doing this is offensive. And I'm like, yeah, but I, that's not the way I feel. I truly, I truly believe that all lives matter. But it wasn't until I started getting analogies like this that it made yeah. me take a step back and go, yeah. you know what? That's interesting. And I didn't look at it from that point of view. So that's all I'm asking for all of you out there yeah. is to really just take a second and try to put yourself in those shoes and try to put yourself in a different scenario and maybe see it from a different position than maybe you saw before. I'm going to add something to that. Yes. Is that look, this is this is a subject that is wrought with a lot of feelings and defenses can be up so quickly. And so I didn't see Ebony's email to you, Gretchen. It yeah. sounds like it was kind and it was loving. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the way that it has to happen. Yes. I think it's anytime that we're posting on social media in the comment section, it gets ugly. It gets so I love so that she took the time to actually email you. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think things like this are better to be discussed in relationships yeah. with people that you can actually have an adult conversation with yeah. and just know coming in, this is something that can be difficult to talk about. And so I think all sides have to come in saying, okay, look, let's discuss this as adults and let's let our tempers down and let's try to come to a place of understanding about this. Yeah. 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 Totally agree. I mean, as as we know, um, it's hard for some people to talk about racial inequality. Um, why yeah. why do you feel like that's so hard for people? Like, what is the like? Is it the fear of them saying something wrong? Like, what do you what do you is it yeah. is it actual inequality in the first place? Like, what do you think is the core at why people are so afraid to talk about this? Mm-hmm. I just think that we've seen it abused so many times. We've seen. The conversations go badly so often and we've seen tempers and we've seen it turning into riots and looting because we've seen that. It just makes us scared for it to go into that kind of a place again, which is why I think coming coming in saying, look, I know this is going to be a difficult conversation. Let's try to come from a place of understanding. I think you have to kind of set that up at the very beginning. Yeah. So that would be like your advice as to, you know, guidance on how to be an ally and engage in thoughtful dialogue about civil unrest, right? Yeah. I think um, do it with somebody that you're in relationship with. I'm sorry. Do you hear Kaya screaming in the background? She's okay. so loud right now. Tell her okay. to go for it. Her, her tempers, her tempers are very high right now. Um, I think, I think to do it less on social media, less in comment section, and more with people in relationship. Do it having coffee. Do it, you know, mm-hmm. at a dining room table. Um, I prefer face to face, just because I think things could be misconstrued when you're just seeing words. Mm-hmm. I think when you can actually see somebody's face and eyes and read their body language, I just think it goes better. And if you do not have somebody in your life like that, um, there are organizations that can help you to find people like that. I just, I honestly believe 
this is a stronghold that is only going to be broken down in relationship. Yeah. Well, okay. So then my question for you on that is what do you say to the people that, for instance, aren't necessarily posting on their social media platforms and and are getting beat mm-hmm. up for not posting and not saying something? Yeah. What do you say about I'm that? I'm not a fan of that myself. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen um, a couple of artists in Christian music. I've seen people say things to them and then I've seen them apologize. I I don't believe that you can police what people are saying. I just, I don't. I had somebody, um, a white man in my comment section, I have a song that just came out and it's a song about hope. And it actually was birthed out of um, a situation just like what we are facing now. Yeah. And somebody wrote, are you really promoting yourself? And I was like, wait mm. a minute, are you, based on your picture, are you a white man telling me that I should not be <laughs> talking yeah. about this song um, yeah. about hope? I just think anytime that we start policing what people are not saying or how they are saying something, I just, come on, y'all, yeah. don't don't tell somebody else how to manage their social media. Well, and that's the, that's the, the tough part, right? Because you have some people who've chosen not to say something because they're afraid of, of the retaliation on social media. You have other people that have stepped up and thought they were saying something and then they've gotten destroyed mm-hmm. by how they said it. Mm-hmm. So then what happens is they choose just to not speak anymore. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. everyone's mad because you're not talking. But how do you have open, honest, real conversations if you're so afraid of what's going to happen? Yeah. So that's why, you know, we preface this this podcast with like, look, let's try to have as real and honest of, as a conversation as we can have with without mm-hmm. this like, you know, fear of something horrible happening to you, you becoming a target or whatever, you know, the thing that I know people yeah. are afraid of. So Mendeza, what, yeah. what do you think constitutes racism? Because some people might not think that they're racist. To me, racism is anybody who considers that they are better than somebody else because of their race. Anybody that considers themselves better. Superior in some way like this. And this this yeah. takes place in countries all around the world. It's like, you know, yeah. the, the, the Jewish genocide that happened because mm-hmm. Aryan, the Aryan white race thought they were superior than the Jews mm-hmm. and they were yeah. murdered just for their particular race worldwide. That happened for hundreds of years. That right. happened. Right. So sadly it's, it exists everywhere. And Mendisa, how do you personally deal with racism? Well, so I'm from California, um, yeah. but I live in Tennessee And the way that I experienced it in California is very different than the way that I experienced it in Tennessee. It's just different. It's a different culture. And so here in Tennessee, I see more people following me around in stores. Um, I, because of what I do for a living, um, because I'm a black girl in an area of music that doesn't have a lot of people that look like me. Um, let me explain that a little bit. Yeah. I'm considered a contemporary Christian artist, CCM. Uh-huh. And so I'm one of maybe three people of color that are played on CCM stations. Wow. Whereas, really? um, wow. Yeah. So they're black gospel um, or just what I consider to be gospel that has more people who look like me. And so I, I'm not considered a gospel artist. I'm considered a CCM artist. And when I go into venues uh, like, you know, people who don't know who I am, but they, you know, they think that I'm the cook or the cleaning staff. Like it's, it's things oh. like that. It's understated, wow. um, but it's very much of a, you can't be 
the star, right? Because you're the you're a black girl. Like it's they would never say wow. that. And it happens more in the South than it does in the East Coast or the West Coast. But yeah. it's it's you know the surprise when people find out that I'm the one and oh, not you know so my my background yeah. singers or my guitar players that are white. <laughs> right. Well, is it? Do you think that like for the CCM? Is that more because just your incredible voice? Regardless yeah, why, of whether you're black or white, I mean, your your voice, I mean, I, I truly, I'm kissing up, but I love your voice. Uh, <laughs> no, you're, you have a beautiful you're now voice. going on my playlist. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when you, when you think about black gospel, are you expected to be African-American? I mean, are there any white yeah. gospel singers? Like, is, is the statistics are. the same or what do you think? Yeah, no, there are, but I would say the there's a, the same amount of white gospel singer black gospel singers <laughs> mm-hmm. as because there's also seven gospel which is well we could open up a whole another can of worms with all of that but there are but in the same there's probably the same amount of white gospel singers as there are black ccm singers like it's just i hate that it's so divided yeah but it yeah. is it's just it's run by different record labels it's done run by different radio stations and honestly the reason why I am a CCM artist as opposed to a black gospel artist probably has more to do with American Idol than anything else. And honestly, just because of what I felt led to do when I got off of American Idol, I, I did meet with black gospel labels. Um, I felt like this is where I was supposed to be. And now the fact that I'm having this conversation and that I've been able to find a certain amount of success in CCM, uh, I just know that it was what God had for me. I mean, not to sound too deep, but it really is. I don't, I don't know what my life would have been like had I gone down a different route. I just know that this is where I'm supposed to be. If we followed the path of history, we could see where the division came from. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think we need to not focus on that. I think we have to take ownership ourselves. What can right. I do? If I start right. thinking about all of these companies and what they are and what they aren't doing, Mm-hmm. I would go crazy. I mm-hmm. just, I think what we have to do is, hey, let me invite my neighbor who is African-American over to my house for dinner. Like, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. don't worry about everybody's doing. I think just, what can I do? I think that's what the focus should be. Yeah. So like, so the question always is, is what do you think people can do to be supportive of like the Black Lives Matter movement? Is there like specific things that you feel like, um, will make some noise, will make some impact, whether that's, you know, I've seen everything on social media from, you know, posting uh, black owned companies to um, obviously the protests that people are doing to, you know, Mm -hmm. making donations to things like, is there, is there certain things that you feel like will make a big impact for that? Yeah. So I think if we're talking publicly, um, you know, what we said before about being scared to post things because we don't want to offend. Um, mm-hmm. I will say this. I I have grace for people when they try to say the right thing because I can see their attempt. I can see their heart. The fact that you guys are having this conversation and even are a little bit fearful about saying the wrong thing. I want to say to you, I expect you to say the wrong thing. I, and I don't, honestly, there's so much grace because it's not something that people are comfortable talking about. And what I want to say is I applaud you for doing it because it is more important for you to say something. If you say the wrong thing, I'll let you know how it offended me. But if you don't say anything at all, nothing is going to change. And so say something is what I would say. Um, Even if you're scared to say the wrong thing, like if you want to post, but you don't know how to start your post with, Hey, I don't know how to say this. I don't know what I'm about to Mm -hmm. say, but I feel like I need to say something. And honestly, that 
has a lot of power that holds a lot of weight. Um, however, I really do believe it's going to happen personally. It's going to happen in relationship. It's going to happen one-on-one. And so as much as you are posting and all of this is going to die down eventually, I want to encourage people, even when all of this fervor dies down, what are you doing relationally? What are you doing to maybe understand a little bit more? Um, I think that I would put more weight into that than just publicly what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. And don't you think, I mean, would you, I have a, a personal question for me is, is, you know, what message would you give to those individuals that are taking advantage of this situation with the rioting and the looting and all those things, mm-hmm. which to me, they're two completely separate things. And I, I don't know mm-hmm. what Target did, or I don't know what that independent business owner did to deserve to be mm-hmm. looted and riot or beaten um, with regard to this particular topic. Target didn't do anything to you. Why are you taking the advantage to to break in and, and steal everything from them when they try to just support a community? You know, I don't, that's the hard part is that, you know, people start looking at this, this, the criminal acts that are taking place. And I think it dilutes the attempt for people to exact change in a peaceful way. Yeah. I guess my response to that is, I think most people know looting is bad, rioting is wrong. And so I think when we start to say, well, this is what they have done, they're messing up their own neighborhoods, that's the danger. And that honestly is, that's part of the problem. Like we know, in no way do I endorse people looting and rioting. I don't even need to feel like I have to say that. Like that should be clear. What is also clear to me is how that act can be used to then say, well, this is why we've got this problem is because there they are doing it again. Like that's part of the institutionalized issue of how people view people of color. Like we're not all doing that. And so we can't make a broad statement to say, this is what they do. I think anytime Mm -hmm. that you start to think those things, that may be a red flag to indicate that maybe start to look at what your ideologies are about people of color. So help me help me get to a place where somebody that is struggling with that and they're like, okay, see, look, the, the, those people, quote unquote, are doing that. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you get someone to see it from that point of view of what you're describing? How do you get somebody to not automatically go to that place? You, you, are you saying that you mm-hmm. say, look, not everybody's like that? Is it kind of the same sentiment yes. that you've seen a little bit of the white community post and say, look, those cops are bad, but not all cops are bad. Is it kind of the same sentiment? Yeah, I think it is. Like anytime that we are looking at what a small group of people are doing, I would never say that all cops are racist. I just, the thought of that is so ridiculous to me. Mm -hmm. So to look at what these particular cops are doing and then to make a blanket statement about all police, I -hmm. think the flip is also true. Don't look at what a small group of people are doing and say that all black people are doing that. And we are all this type of way. I just, you have to know that, or maybe you don't, maybe people don't know that that is not the case. And so let me tell you, that is not the case. I've never once in my life rioted or looted. And so (laughs) let me be the the token person to say, we are not all the same way. I'm offended by people that would assume that's the case because even if you watch the news and you see the video of the people that are looting and the, the police cars being set on fire and the mayhem that's happening, it's not yeah. African-Americans. It's, it's, it's a mix of everyone taking advantage of this situation, mm-hmm. you know, whether they're yeah. just career criminals mm-hmm. using it to their advantage, whether they're people that are trying to make uh, an inappropriate. Statement. But again, but again, this goes back to, you know, the, the 
question of, is that the media saying, look, we're just going to show people of color on, on your TV mm. screens so that it starts, you know, programming think that way. your brain to think this way. And what's so great and what's so powerful in this day and age is guess what? The media doesn't get to control us anymore because we have social media yeah. Yeah. and we have people yeah. on the ground That's true. that are filming it and are catching people and saying, look like that. I, I forget the girl's name, but the, the white girl that was like, here, let me take a picture with this black man and pretend like I'm helping him or something. And she's like, thanks. And then like she walked away and then she got like brutalized on social media. Cause she's like, wow. really a photo op? Like, yeah, it's, it's, stuff like that, that now, like, I think Will Smith was the one that came out and said, he said, racism hasn't changed. It's just, it's yeah. being filmed. It's being, yeah, caught on it's camera, being caught on camera, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's a, I think that's an interesting point of view. I think if people start questioning that, um, if, if you're talking about like the white community versus the black community, let's say the white community is saying, look, see, it's, it's that race that's on, you know, TV doing this. It's like, okay, well, do you want them saying the same thing about your white cops that, oh, all, yeah. all cops are racist? Again, it's, it's looking at it from a different perspective. And it's like looking at the people. It's a limited lens, isn't it? As a human rather than as the color yeah. of their skin, which I appreciate you explaining that because I do feel like in my community of, you know, some of the arguments that happen of, of um, you know, people saying, well, look, it's all, you know, that community out there mm-hmm. doing it. It's like, that's a question that comes up. And it's like, that's a great response to, you know, yeah. make them question what they're saying, you know? Yeah. And I think it's... Um I mean, speaking of, I know that your your podcast is called Not Too Taboo. So since we're talking about a taboo yeah. issue, I'm going to bring yeah. up another one. Yes, um, please and that do. Is religion, because yeah. clearly yeah. I am I'm a follower of Jesus, and so yes. I Amen. I believe that there is also um, a spiritual force that is at play here as well. Like Amen. that, I honestly I believe that I believe the devil is real. I believe yeah. that this anytime that. We can be divided. I just think that that is one of his biggest tools. And so the fact that every time there is something beautiful, like there was a protest in Nashville last week and it was beautiful. I had friends who went, um, there were so many different races represented. And then after the protest was over, there was riots and looting and Mm -hmm. it turned dangerous and shops shut down. And so it would be good that like people would lump all of that together and say, well, see, this is why you shouldn't do protests. And no, that's not the case. But anytime there is something beautiful happening, there's always going to be something trying to come in and discount what just happened. And so as somebody who is a follower of Jesus, I also know there is a spiritual force that is at play here as well. And so the only way it's what Dr. Martin Luther King said, darkness cannot chase out darkness. Only light can do that. And so anytime that you see darkness, you're not going to chase it away by yelling into the darkness. You're only going to do it by shining light into it. And so that's what I try to do is just do the opposite. If I see darkness, put some light on that thing. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. I mean, we agree with everything that you're saying there. I mean, we talk about it on the constant about the spiritual warfare, warfare that's going on around mm-hmm. us on the daily. And, you know, this, this is, this is exactly what the devil wants. He wants this yeah. divide. He wants us to watch the news and go, see, it's those yeah. people, you know, they're doing yeah. it to us. And, you know, I don't know for the audience out there that's listening, I don't know if you guys know this, but majority, all media is controlled by six companies, like six companies is, and one of the big companies is pharmaceutical companies. So you guys, you have to realize that what is being, you know, 
put in front of us or served up in front of us is a very strategic uh, voice behind it of whatever it is that they want you to believe, what they want you to see. If you notice, here's the thing that just cracks me up. This is a little off topic, but did you see the LA streets and the hundreds of thousands of people that were out there doing the protests? Yeah. Like, what the hell happened to coronavirus is all I have to ask. Like, like oh. it's, I, like, I, I make the joke, like, is this halftime of coronavirus? Mm. Because what the, like, it's funny to me how much we can be controlled. Literally, we go from, we are so afraid to step outside our door, yeah. you know, without mm. a mask and like nine pounds of Purell on us to five seconds later, there's a hundred thousand of us standing in a street, shoulder, push, to, shoulder. shoulder to shoulder. Really? So, uh, Scre- oh yeah. Screaming and like spitting if, at each if other. You see this morning, like all over social media, the LA uh, protests right now and how many people, it's amazing. Like you just go, oh, it's holy a crap. Mob. It's crazy. That's but- so interesting. It's not like that in Nashville. Everybody out there in the protests is wearing masks. So oh, no, I'm no, 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 no. i to learn in LA. It's not. Wow. Oh, no, no, no. You should see it. And like, and yeah. then the irony of the fact that, you know, our, our officials are saying, Okay, when you have a gathering, it can be only 12. But if you have a protest, it can be 100. It's like, what's the sense in that? (laughs) Like, it makes no sense, right? So again, I want to always make everyone out there stop and think, like, are we being censored? Are we being, you know, made to think something that it's not? Like like what you just said, the, the things that are airing on TV is subliminally, is it trying to cause you to not see everyone as a human, but see them as a race so that, so that this becomes a race issue. So by the way, you're distracted when, by the way, we're going to go to the court system and we're going to vote on something that truly affects your life. And so you're distracted by the race war and about the protests Mm -hmm. and you're not actually, you know, showing up to vote for what's going to truly make a change in your life. And I tell you this because I just saw a post about something that went on in Colorado and it says, did you know what's being passed in your state right now? Uh, Colorado is holding a hearing on a Sunday to pass a mandatory vaccine bill, a Sunday during quarantine. And when and mm. there's a picture of all these people protesting in Colorado on the streets. Well, where are all the people? They're not in the poll voting. They're on the streets protesting. And it's interesting that that's when all of a sudden these bills are being passed, these things are happening. And Barack Obama said it best when he came out and made... Um, a very profound statement. And he spoke about the fact that, look, protesting is wonderful. Doing what you're doing, peaceful protesting is wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing you need to do. But really, if you want to get involved and if you want to make a change, you have to know how you can make a change. And the truth is, is that mayors and county executives appoint most police chiefs and district attorneys and state attorneys are the ones that decide whether or not to investigate and ultimately charge those involved in police misconduct. So the fact mm-hmm. is, is that you want to sit there and, and say, oh, it's Trump. He's the reason that this is happening. But the truth is, is that it's the people right in your own district, your mayors, your yeah. county executives, your district attorneys, your state attorneys that you voted for that are yeah. making these decisions, not Trump. So don't yeah, stop that's... just going out and blaming, you know, whoever is running the country at the time and take some responsibility for your, your own, own actions in your own community. Yeah. 
and know what's, you know, what they call a false flag and maybe distracting you from going in and making sound decisions that truly affect your life. And I'm sorry I got on a soapbox right there, but no, go ahead, well, I think the what you're saying, especially because we have an election coming up, um, what you're saying is so true. Like, I love that uh, people are posting. I honestly, I think a big part of it is also going to be changed at the voting booth. Like, you can, it, yes, what happens nationally is important, but it's true. What happens locally, those politicians that we are voting for, they have a direct impact on things yes. like our police force. And so just know, I mean, what you said before, it's exactly true when you were quoting Obama, our local government it's who we vote for, but it's also who we don't vote for. Like a lot of people don't pay a lot of attention to our local um, polling. And so we have to make sure that, make sure that what you are doing on the ballot box also reflects what you've been posting on Instagram. Like just totally. let make sure those things line up. Totally. A hundred percent. Great advice. Well, it's just because, you know, it's about, you know, we the point of doing podcasts like this is to truly enact change and get people to see things with an open heart from a different point of view and then truly have some tangible things to be able to go out and do and in order to make a difference. And here's the thing, you guys, right now, thank God, well, some people question this, but right now we still live in a democracy, we live in a state where yeah. we do have, the, or in a country where we do have the power to change things and make things happen. I think just a lot of us, just like this this issue of Black Lives Matter, are naive to the power and the ability that we do have to make things mm-hmm. change. And so I do want to challenge everyone to take responsibility, whether it be become more educated about this subject, go back, go out and figure out what you truly can do in your community, what you can do to vote, what you can do. And it's like, I think that's the, the message we want to get across. And sometimes, you know, I saw somebody post something to this um, degree too, that sometimes silent isn't necessarily inaction. Sometimes it's gathering information so that you can form your own opinion about a complex issue before you blindly start posting or going out and blindly start defending something that maybe you don't know about. So don't be a sheep, you know, educate yourself and, and g- Find the things that you truly can do to go do that. And and I say that because there's a lot of people out there that want to get on on people for not posting. It's like, you know what? Like you said, every let, let everybody have some grace right now. Mm-hmm. Like maybe somebody is just trying to get enough information so that they know where their what their stance is, you know? Like have some grace. Let me say this about um the information is that. You know, I I heard this sermon on Sunday about the, somebody was referring to the five, it's a pyramid of communication. And he said that the first level is cliche. You know, it's like, good morning, how are you? Like you're saying something, but you're not really saying that much. Um, Level Mm -hmm. two is facts. It is Mm -hmm. sharing what you know. Level three is opinion, sharing what you feel. Level four is emotive. And that's really when you start getting to a place of relationship, when you are feeling something, when you're sharing how you feel. And then level five is transparency, where you're sharing who you are. Um, so often when something like a George Floyd or Ahmaud Arbery or Breonna Taylor happens, mm-hmm. um, m- Black people will immediately jump to a level four. Like we feel that deeply. And a lot of people, my Caucasian brothers and sisters, um, it's like you you do a level two where it's, well, wait a minute, let's get the facts first. And so mm-hmm. I think even before we are gathering 
facts. Like join us with the emotion, join us with what we are feeling, like gather your facts for sure. But sometimes when somebody is getting their breath snuffed out of them by a knee of a police officer, the first place to go is not to a factual place. The first place to go is, can you feel with us? Can you emote with us what we are feeling? And the same thing is true in any relationship. If Slade, you're hanging out at level two and Gretchen is feeling something deeply at level four, rise up to her at her level four place where you can feel what she's feeling before you try to give her the solution, which is often an issue with men and women. Men and women. Exactly. I don't want you to tell me what, how to fix something. I want you to feel with me right now. And so I think it's, it's a matter of Come to level four with us, Phil. And then if you want to gather your facts afterwards, great. But Phil with me first. Well, and it's so true you say that because I, that's exactly what really, when I explained at the beginning of this podcast, this that's what happened for me. Like when I saw that video, I immediately posted and I was like, this is, this is you horrible. You went right to a four. Like I, I went right to a four yeah. and I was like, this is murder. These people need to be held accountable. And I made a very bold statement as a re- reactionary like this is not okay. And I, I, like I said, I didn't see it even at the time necessarily as a, a white versus black issue. I just saw it as this is wrong on, on any human, human level, you know? And then as this became so much bigger and, you know, the conversation became so much bigger, I was like, wow, this is so much bigger than that. And it, and then that's when I started gathering the information. That's when I said, it's super important that we have someone like you on there uh, from the community that can help voice things and, and, and help put different perspective on it. And, you know, Mendes, I want to ask you something. Mm-hmm. I know that our country was sadly founded on slavery and all of that, but what do you say to the people that say, yeah, but the slavery, slavery was abolished and like, we're not doing that now. And, you know, we're not, people aren't, you know, like, what do you say to people that have that argument with you or with, with anybody really? Yeah, well, I would say first, slavery was around for 300 years, and it's not just like all of the mindset, all the ideologies that came from that time, uh, it's not just going to go away overnight. Also, yes, it was the Emancipation Proclamation was in 1865, but you know, it took 100 years before actually um, you know, we had the Jim Crow laws and separate mm-hmm. but equal. Like there, a lot of these mindsets they still carried over. And so we can't expect it's, it was literally the seventies when people of color started to get a lot of the rights that we have now. And so we can't just think it's going to be a matter of, you know, a few days or a few months or a few years. Like these are things that are steeped in our country. And so understand it's not just going to happen overnight. And also understand it's again, come to level four with us. Like, it's just, it's not, yes, it was a hundred, hundreds of years ago that slavery, but so much of the mindset is still around. And so when you see things like a police officer kneeling on the neck of somebody, like that honestly is something that is steeped in the foundation of our country. And so just know it's going to take time and it's going to take people saying things and speaking out about it. It's not just going to go away overnight. And I'm encouraged because I've seen more people talking about it, more people that look like you, 
than I ever mm-hmm. have before. And I think there could yeah. probably be a lot of reasons to that, but that yeah. is how this is going to be broken down. It's one thing for me to say Black Lives Matter. It's another thing totally when you said it, Gretchen. It just, mm-hmm. it takes on a different meaning and people are hearing it in a way that they would hear from you that they're not necessarily going to hear it from me. So that's how it's going to be torn right. down. It's not just time. It's going to take action as well. Right. And you know, um, when you say that, it's it's interesting because you this you really... You have to just know where your stance is on it and you have to live in that and I and sit in that. And I say that because as a public figure, um, you know, I notice I, I lost followers doing this, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, I could be very discouraged by that. And I could be like, oh my gosh, you know, it's because I'm mm-hmm. talking too much about this or posting, you know, too much about this or Was whatever. It too much or not enough. It's like, yeah, you know. yeah. You, you know, people start thinking those things. And the truth is, mm-hmm. is that at the end of the day, you know, you have to take a look at your inner self and you have to say, you know what, like as a Christian woman, it's imperative to me that I know where my heart is and that I can't care, you know, was Jesus loved by everybody? No, (laughs) but he kept going on his mission and he had a purpose. And so the point is, is that I really just want to encourage everyone to, to know where you sit on the subject and, and really stand true on that and move forward, no matter how well you're liked, how well you're not liked. If people in your community are saying racist things or doing things like that, you know, Mm -hmm. speak up and, and say, look, you know, I don't know if you know this, but that can be really offensive or this is that or whatever. And, and maybe take a look at who you surround yourself with and, and maybe reevaluate that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to tell you that I'm, I'm completely encouraged. I thought Gretchen posted a very profound post this last week and it was a, a, a black uh, baby girl sitting with a white baby girl and, you know, children don't necessarily see cover color. A lot of this sometimes yeah. is is learned and the responsibility lies on the parents. And, you know, obviously in our, in our home, we don't see color. We have, I think we probably have just as many, if not more friends in the African-American community. That Dude, we do those that are, are some of the most fun people on the planet. On the planet, <laughs> like, let me tell you. So <laughs> Sometimes Slade and I are like, we wish we were black. Because yeah, we do we all the time. so much fun with uh, so, <laughs> But I'm just saying, I think, you know, number one, I think that sometimes racism is learned. And so I do encourage parents out yeah. there to help their kids start seeing equality, not color. And the other yeah. thing I found very encouraging is that I noticed, you know, here in, in uh, Newport Beach, Costa Mesa area, there, there, were, there were some protests that happened. It is a predominantly white area. Um, it's a predominantly fairly affluent area. But I will tell you that the streets were crowded with teenage boys and girls, mm-hmm. all of whom were white all of whom were chanting, you know, Black Lives Matter. Um, mm-hmm. But you should have heard the the horns, people honking and cheering mm-hmm. and all these things that were happening. And it was the, a very, it was this next generation of yeah. young kids. And, they, and, and the majority of them were white, yeah. taking notice yeah. and standing up for which their black great. brothers and sisters, yeah. which I thought yeah, was incredible. It is. And, you know, when we think of the father and son who killed Ahmaud Arbery, Racism Mm. is learned. Like we can't just think that it's going to go away with time. That son learned that behavior from his father. And the same is true. Like these teen boys that you saw out there, Slade, like I'm imagining that their parents probably raised them to not just say, 
I'm colorblind, but to appreciate, like, I love color. I love that God, Mm -hmm. when he created us, he made us all different. And yes, I'm chocolate. And yes, you're vanilla. And we are both delicious. Like, we, when it's not better, it's so true. (laughs) And by the way, like your song, we all bleed the same. We all have the same insides. So, you know, I love that about your song. That, That was such a powerful message. You guys, if you have not heard her song, uh, We All Bleed the Same. Yeah, go, this is the collab with Toby Mac. It's incredible. Go to YouTube, watch it right now. It's had 10 million plus views. We want to get it up to 20 million. It's such a positive, <laughs> amazing song, as well as your newest single, Keep Hope Alive. I mean, it's truly just some incredible music. If you're needing inspirational, uplifting, you know, uh, Christian music like that, that, those are some beautiful, beautiful songs with so many incredible sentiments to it. Talk to us a little bit about about your music. And I mean, you, you've you had an incredible career. For a lot of people out there that don't know, she, um, you know, was on American Idol in 2005. You were one of the top finalists. And, and bless put Simon you. in his place. Yeah, I, love and you. Bless I love your you. Heart. I love you. I love you. Bless your heart. You went through, um, you know, a form of discrimination at that moment, you know, mm-hmm. with, um, with your weight. For those of you that don't yeah. know, Simon Cowell was um, so Great. callous and rude to, you know, make comments about her weight. Um, and and you have been through a lot with your weight. You've been up and down. You went through a yeah. horrible time in your life um, with, you know, depression um, because mm-hmm. of losing your friend uh, to breast cancer, which, wow, what a story talking about her carrying her unborn child mm-hmm. instead of choosing to go through chemotherapy. I mean, you've been through a lot. And then you came out the other side, you started recording music um, albums in 2007, and you have just blown it out of the water. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about your music career and um, and everything you have going on there. Well, I, I want to say those two songs in particular that you just mentioned, uh, Believe the Same was actually birthed out of what happened in 2016. I don't know if y'all remember this, but you think about 4th of July, 2016. 4th of July was on a Monday. On Tuesday, there was a shooting of a black man by a police officer in Louisiana. On Wednesday, mm-hmm. there was a shooting of a black man by police in Minnesota. And on Thursday, there was a shooting of Dallas police by a black man um, in response to what had been happening all week. And I thought, our country has lost their ever-loving mind. Like, we need to remember, because all of those things happen all in a row, the week that we're celebrating freedom. I just thought, I have got to write a song about this disunity that we're seeing in our country. And so that's what Bleed the Same came out of. And I did that song with my friend Toby Mack, who was white and with Kurt Franklin, who is black. And the fact that all three of us are on this song together, speaking about, we are more beautiful when we come together. I, the fact that it just, people are posting about it so much in this season and the fact that it happened four years ago and is still very relevant today. I think this is a lot just about where we are and what is happening in our country. And Mm -hmm. then my new song that just came out last week, is called you keep hope alive. And that's with my friend, John Reddick, who is a worship leader. Um, He's a black man and his church is predominantly white. And we did this song together about hope in the middle. And that song was birthed out of the events that happened in Charlottesville, Virginia in 2017. He was about to lead worship after that event happened where there was a race riot and somebody ran over a a girl that was out there protesting, a white girl out there protesting, (sighs) that Black Lives Matter. And so somebody 
ran her over, well, ran a Jesus. group of people over, but she passed away in Charlottesville. And so John wrote, you keep hope alive because he wanted a song to sing in this church when he felt yeah. hopeless. And so yeah. the fact that these two songs were wow. birthed out of moments like this, I believe that songs are going to come out of this season. Um, and I believe that it brings about change. The fact that these songs have become anthems of hope in times yes. like this. I just love how God speaks his love for grace and for righteousness and truth through music. And so even if you don't want to hear the message of Black Lives Matter, listen to this song and you'll get the message in music. And it'll probably yeah. be a little bit more appetizing for you to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a beautiful song. I mean, we, we play praise music all day, every day in our house. I shouldn't say all day because we're working a lot. But first thing in the morning, you know, and especially Sundays um, when we're listening to church with, with Saddleback Church and Pastor Rick. I mean, it's our favorite. And what's so great is to Skylar's see Skylar responds so positively to it. And, and it's interesting, yeah. music can truly just change your whole trajectory of your day. Yeah. It really just arms you with, you know, inspiration and, and, mm-hmm. um, and really what, what we believe in our house is, you know, you're shielded by God's love going into your day. And so it allows you to see things from a different point of view. And if you're not a big person that likes to do, you know, sit down and do a devotion or meditate or do any of that. I really suggest like listening to positive music like this because it's mm-hmm. uh, it's something that can really like change your attitude. Is it true that you consider God to be your boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> He's my husband. It's actually a scripture. Yes. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm a super duper single women, woman. If anybody is looking for a, a um, big, black, beautiful woman like me, then call me <laughs> um, Yeah, nice. exactly. That's so fun. I will say this, that there's a scripture in Isaiah 54 that says, your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. So in uh, the meantime, you can call me Mrs. Lord Almighty. That is my uh, that. <laughs> that is so great. That I love so that. Great. You know, it's a cute, when, when, uh, when our producers were telling me, me about that, that you had said that. I was like, that is like the coolest thing ever. Like, that's a great way to be like, yeah, God's my boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, You know, but it also, but it also makes you go like, you know what, you want to have that intimate, you know, at least for, for us out there that are, you know, that are, um, that are religious or spiritual or, you know, have a connection like that with God. It's like, that is a great way to sum up. Like, that's the kind of relationship you do want to have with our Lord and Savior is like, I, I, yeah. he's my boyfriend. I talk to him every day. You know, no, we share husband, things. Gretchen. Oh, husband, husband. Gretchen. Sorry, 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 sorry. Husband, they're husband. Dating, yeah. They're committed. Okay, it's okay. Different. Sorry, husband. Yeah. Um, well, for who, of all those out there, whether it's your boyfriend or husband, whatever it is, <laughs> go for it. No, make the commitment. Get um, married. Make the commitment. No, it's too funny. Well, so, so Mandisa, I want to take this opportunity to, to not only just thank you so much for coming on with us today, but please take one second to tell everybody where we can find you on social media. Uh, so I'm Mandisa official everywhere. And if you are, uh, let me give a special shout out to my single ladies and men. I'm starting a talk show on my YouTube channel called ah. What If We Were Real. And awesome. we just filmed a bunch of episodes all about relationships. And um, we did one with a bunch of men. We did one with some married and single couples. And then one was all the single ladies. And we got real. Like we talked about some real stuff. So oh, I um, I'm Mandisa Official on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. So love to reach out to people. Mandisa, is there anything else that you wanted to mention, talk about, bring up um, yeah. before we... Uh, left the podcast today. Yeah, I want to mention this website called be the bridge.com. 
Um, for people who do want to take another step in pursuing um, unity, that is a great website and it's got a lot of different resources and also it can connect you if you do not have any people who are of a different ethnicity than you. Um, it gives a lot of great information for doing more than posting on social media, like it actually lets, it teaches you how to take another step in pursuing um, being a bridge and in allowing, you know, the message of unity to permeate in your life. Oh, I love that. That's really, really great uh, information. So it's called bethebridge.com, did you say? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So be sure to check that out, you guys. Mendiza, we cannot say thank you enough for taking your valuable time out today to come share your thoughts um, and stories with us. Uh, we wish you so much continued success in everything that you have going on in your life. And we are so excited for you to come back, join us again, and you guys yeah. go check out her, her music. music. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, her newest yeah. single, Keep Hope Alive. It's beautiful. So thanks, Mendiza. We, uh, we love you like our sister in Christ. And nah, thank we you. Will, we'll hopefully talk with you soon. Yeah, I would love that. Thanks, Gretchen. Thanks, Slade. Thank you, Mandy. Have a great day, hon. Talk to you soon. Bye, you love. Too. Thank you. Bye. Bye, bye. She's so good, by the way. She's awesome. I love her voice. She's awesome. I, I, she's my new crush. I know. That was awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Continue to you know, tweet at us. Send me DMs. Send me stuff on social. Be nice. I <laughs> come from a place of love and respect. But you have um, an important thing to do, Gretchen. What do I have to we do? We must leave the listeners with a question of the day. Oh, yeah. The question of the day. Go we on. We must leave them with that. You know, I... Um, I feel like the question of the day is, you know, when you take a look at yourself and when you when we talk about the subjects that we talk about today, do you feel like do you do you feel your blood boil when somebody says black lives matter versus all lives matter? Like do you do you sit there and do you go, no, all lives matter? And 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 do you find yourself so angry in that stance that you don't even allow your heart to open up and see it from a point of a different point of view. And to further that, do you, you know, if you're going to have the sentiment of like, not all cops are racist, it's got to be fair on the other side too. You know what I mean? That like, when you see everyone on TV protesting, and they just want to show, you know, a certain race on TV, and you go, see, it's those people out there. It's those people. Do you stop and think, gosh, you know, I'm doing the same thing to that community, that culture that I'm pissed off at them doing to my community, my culture of saying, you know, oh, all cops are bad or whatever. I'm, and those are just two analogies I'm giving. This can be, you know, in any analogy of white versus black, of, you know, any culture versus another culture. I just want to challenge all of us to take a minute and stop back and or take a minute and sit back and think about those things because I think it's so easy for us to become so, um, you know, set in our in our ways and set in our mindset and be like, no, this is how I feel and this is how it's going to be. And I think if we truly just ask ourselves, like, where is this coming from? Is this coming from a place of hatred or is this coming from a place of love? And if it and if it's coming from a place of love you probably will be able to see it from the other point of view. It doesn't mean you always have to agree with it, yeah. 
But I think it will challenge us to see, see that it, perspective. See it from a different perspective. But I also want to I want to challenge people with the question of the day is to sit back and really think what can you as an individual person mm-hmm. do to start exacting some change? Amen. What can you do with your local governments? Can you vote? Are there things mm-hmm. you can get involved in as far as community organizations to help educate people? Because I think we got really educated today. And yeah. I love the fact that Mendisa was willing to come on and have this conversation with us. Yeah. So continue getting educated. Mm-hmm. But Take some action yeah. to make change in your local community. Yeah. That's where it needs to start. Yeah. And it, what needs to start in your home first, first and foremost, with your children. Mm-hmm. And then for sure, it needs to bleed out into the other areas of your life. So, yeah. That's Whoa. it. That was a, that was a, that was a big one. But I like it. I think we got through it. I think it was good. I mean, I feel, I feel confident now that like we understand things even better. And we're growing and learning, and hopefully um, this did the same for all of you out there. So, Yep. So thanks for listening in. We want to remind everybody to subscribe, download. Thank you so much for tuning in to Not Too Taboo, and we'll be back here again next week. Bye, guys.